0: with your host and as always my uh your former everyman at stanley community college i am the wizard john helsbeck and back for part three fresh off his trip to the west coast Derek moses what is up brother
1: uh not too much man how uh, how you doing
0: man you know i can I, I must say i have been better um found out uh, it took me a minute to get out here and situated with my cane um and uh i found out yesterday i have torn my patella tendon off of the
1: tibia yeesh yeesh so now, uh, how do we manage that
0: you know apparently i had fractured uh the the tibia years ago and according to the doctors multiple times and uh, apparently when you do that the just the the patella ten, it begins to fray tear off and i'll tear off more and more and um sometime between uh over the last week whether working out or I did play in the pickup basketball game was on fire last Wednesday night but um uh Sunday Saturday Saturday morning I was good Thursday Friday Saturday morning I woke up and the the tibia was it was really tight especially when I walked upstairs and didn't think nothing about it just a little sore from you know working out again and stuff and then Sunday morning woke up it was twice the size of my left one and then could not move at all on Monday excruciating pain and um Tuesday went to uh went to the doctor so uh here we are
1: man so surgery or what's the uh, what's the plan yeah
0: yeah they uh, uh supposed to go on friday um they're supposed to call to set up my appointment to go friday to schedule my surgery is the is what i was told um it's uh they cut it open they put the apparently they use like cadaver bones and uh ligaments and stuff too so that's gonna be uh interesting i may have a guy named joe in my right knee but um he might listen to natural sponge podcast we all know tucker perry's got uh, four cadaver bones in his in both knees so um he's got a couple of family members he's not related to with him at all times nice so uh, yeah eight um eight eight weeks in a uh in the in the um brace and then um six to twelve months is the complete recovery time so my wife is uh um not happy or not she's not mad but she, you know she's she's not looking forward to that same time her son is uh probably going to be uh in a in a brace as well from labrum surgery so we're just falling apart over here brother
1: Gosh, i know the feeling
0: but we're gonna keep rocking and rolling man ain't nothing else you can do you know what i mean that's
1: right just gotta put one foot in front of the other
0: that's it dude um so you know at the end of the last uh in part two we uh we talked about uh quite a few things talked about um Jacob Wright leaving his car on, uh, the whole time. Uh, we were, we were gone. We had, uh, the talk about, um, steroids, which is awesome. had quite a few people comment about that. Um, and, and also, um, looking back, um, the kid that stole the wallet, um, from, from Ben Hatchell, um, give a little backstory on that again.
1: Yeah, no, I remember I was at J wall and Hatchell's house and this kid too. Um, I think I saw some texts. His name was uh, Josh Hill. and uh, that does ring a bell. I don't know where I was getting red from, but he had red
0: hair. So he did. Um, he did. Josh Hill.
1: And uh, now I remember I was at Jay Wall's house. I think it was uh, it was after practice. I think Jay Wall had gotten back from the gym, um, and Hatchell couldn't find his you know, couldn't find his wallet. And I, from what I remember, I think he called his mom. And his mom like checked his bank account and uh, Barry Hill had taken, I don't know if it was 50 bucks, a hundred, but I don't know how, I don't know how much money he had taken out. Um, but at that point we didn't, you know, Hatchell nor his mom, nor any of us knew who it was. We just knew he couldn't find his wallet and someone had it. And um, so I think Hatchell's mom um, contacted the bank and got the photos um, nice. and like sent them to, sent them to Hatchell. And uh, I don't know if, I don't know if Hatchell acted like he didn't do it and just like put, or if Barry Hill acted like he didn't do it, just put Hatchell's wallet back. I remember something where he was trying to deny it. And then, um, Hatchell showed him the, the pictures and, um, I, I don't remember what, uh, who was it? Smitty was saying that he put his face over the stove. I don't remember that, but, uh, yeah, so- I, I know we were, we were all mad as hell. And, uh, I'm not even sure if he showed back up, uh, after we figured out that it, that it was him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it says um, from our little group text we have with a lot of former players, um, Colby Bartlett said, was it Josh Berryhill? Didn't J-Wall hold his face over a lit stove for doing that? Um, Dylan Finks replied, ha, 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 yeah, I remember that. They lived in that random house downtown with Samson. And um, Finks, I said, that's some good stuff. Finks said, that's just the beginning um and and then it says um colby said i legit thought josh was going to have smoke marks branded to his face laugh my ass off for the rest of his life
1: yeah i don't remember that may have happened later in the night i i don't remember because i didn't live with them um yeah but so i don't remember that but yeah i remember uh hatchell getting pictures from the atm machine that, that that barry hill went to um and uh so yeah going back to the worst teammate i've ever had at stanley it would definitely be that uh josh yeah. Berry hill
0: absolutely man i mean keep your finger keep your hands on your own stuff yep so um so we're, we're gonna get back going here um if we have three more or, or two more podcasts if this is the last one with you um obviously we're gonna we're gonna bring it back um and in, in our absence, we we were able to record one with Dylan Finks That'll be posted uh, in order after um, each each guy rotates through. So it's um, some good stuff there as well. So you guys should be looking forward to that. But tonight, um, let's go ahead and start off with a with a fun, a fun, exciting time, um, and. This is after you graduated from Stanley, obviously, and uh, like I said, we had we had become close through baseball. Um, you know, talking baseball all the time, um, during hours, after hours. Um, we lived near each other at one point in the chimneys, where um, <laughs> Fink's got uh, Fink's had a ter- has a terrific story about the chimneys that is going to have you uh, cracking up as you ride down the road listening to Forgotten Eagles. Um, but at uh, one time, we, did did we went to Bowman Gray the race, correct racetrack?
1: No, I, I think not, not not during a race. no. I think our schedules never lined up. Um, okay You, so you we, invited we, me up a couple times and then I know when I did come up to Winston there was not uh, there wasn't a race, but I think I think you drove me by the track.
0: Okay, awesome. Of course, you know if you're from the tray, you gotta tell everybody um, that you're from the tray about Bowman Gray Stadium. So, so anyway, I didn't know if you'd come up to the race that night or whatever, but um, you'd come up um, and and we went to uh, we, we went out to a place called Johnny and June's um, in Winston Salem, near Parkland, um, where I graduated high school from, and um, I, I had a blast that night. What about you?
1: Yeah, no, that was a, that was a definitely a, a fun night for sure.
0: So country bar, um I saw an old an old bow, uh old flame when I was in there. And I remember seeing uh Dane Fillers, uh, who I graduated with, and um he is he actually lost like two hundred and fifty pounds um selling real estate now. Good for you, Dane. You look fantastic. Um but uh I I I just um remember when he walked in and, and he saw me and her together and he goes, Oh, there goes the neighborhood. And um it one thing led to another, and of course, um, I know we we went and hung out um with a few with her and her friends later that night um but on the way to wherever we hung out after we were at the uh at johnny and june's um we, we had to stop by a gas station. of course skid dip uh, might buy a few adult beverages there a 12 pack or something and um when when we when we left do you remember what happened
1: yeah so you were driving the little white honda and um Obviously, I ran in, was in a hurry, grabbed some stuff, and uh, came out, and you know, just saw a white Honda and hopped in it, and um, you know, probably already had a couple drinks, wasn't paying attention, you know, put the put the stuff down in the floorboard, and look over, and uh, it's like a sixty-year-old black lady <laughs> that <laughs> that looks scarier than I do. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I apologized and like got out. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And uh, then I remember coming up to your car and like, oh dude, you will not. And I don't even think you could see it because you were parked around the corner of the gas station, I think. Right. Um, and, um, and so I just remember well, like coming around the corner and laughing. And you're like, what happened? Um, it, yeah, it was... It
0: i just remember you got in the car and you were just cracking up and i was like what happened dude you're like dude i just got in the i just got in the car with some old lady I was like, yeah. what this was she
1: trying to pick you up or what and no no you're no. like I no think I, I think i even said like as i was getting in like all right man let's roll <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, she's uh,
1: probably oh man she thought you were robbing
0: <laughs> her gunpoint come on let's roll roll go go go
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah now that was uh god yeah that was one of many uh one of many. I've, I've done that. I've done that just, I mean, you know, at work and stuff, just, you know, stop at a gas station on the way home from work and, uh, you know, just be looking at my phone, you know, whatever, keeping up with stuff. And yeah. I'll go up to a random car that's the same color as mine and try to open, you know, I'll be pressing unlock on my key fob with my head down and <laughs> I'm just trying to open a random person's car. So You're that's like
0: open up car. Dang <laughs> <you."> <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's uh, it's nothing unusual. I do that, uh, you know, every every three months or so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, in the last podcast we were talking about um, you you hated the loop explain this a little bit as Fink's had some stuff to talk about the loop as well so um, the loop and then um, let's, let's put that in with um, Lamb asking you what to do um, at practice
1: yeah so the loop um, the reason I hated the loop is because the field was about so the loop was like a very very skinny long tr- uh, rectangle and our field was about halfway down one side of that, that rectangle. Um, and obviously you're, you know, you're running on the sidewalk, you're running, uh, you know, around some commercial real estate properties. And, you know, you always had the couple of dickheads that cut the corner, um, right, which, which always, uh, you know, that, that's one reason I hated it. But for two, um, you got on that, that back stretch of that, uh, that triangle or that rectangle. And, um, oh my gosh it it was just, it was like you were running on a treadmill uh and then once you got to the corner rounded the corner and and you know got to the railroad tracks i mean you were home free but that back stretch was uh i mean it, it was never ending it was, it was more of a mental thing than anything but um god yeah there's there could have been a better a better running trail i, I feel
0: and 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 it was obviously a couple of those roads were not the safest in the state um to probably run on <laughs> no. um but but I do remember that I, I ran that thing quite a few times. Um, I would run it, um, you know. I was I was in really good shape back then, and um, I would I would run it um, quite a bit after practice or before practice, and um, definitely not all the. The, you know, scared to have a heart attack like I am now back then. Um, and I remember running a lot. That backstretch was a very, very um, daunting task because you go up a hill slightly, but that hill just went forever. And then you go down a little bit.
1: Yeah, back. it was definitely a lot of elevation change and just rolling, rolling hills up and down.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, Finks and I, um, this is going to start getting difficult in my mind to keep up with the stories on who said what. Finks and I were talking about when uh, J Wall got suspended for um two games or, or three games of the gold blue gold world series or something like that um for for cheating i don't know if it was the second year you were there or,
1: or yeah that must have been that must have been after i left it, i don't right. I don't remember
0: that. um so i went around and we had some we had some dudes on that team that were um very um not sketchy but you know they're gonna cut corners and at the end of the day you know don't cut corners right um, and and we had had people cheat before and i i know that and that's one thing i never did at in college was was cheat, um, cheating because I'm not going to feel good because at the end of the day, as a baseball player, and this goes for kids listening nowadays, if you don't want to work out, if you don't want to lift, if you don't want to run, you know, it's not, it's not fun all the time, but that is what's helping you perfect your craft. It's what you have to do to be the best you can be. Um, so don't shortchange yourself by cheating.
1: Well, that, and that, and then the the flip side of that is the superstitions that go along with baseball. And karma. I mean, I was a huge proponent. Like, especially when I played, man, you know, you you know, do something that's questionable. You know, maybe shouldn't have done it. And it, this stuff just—I I know it doesn't, you know, big picture reflect directly and going zero for four with three Ks in the game, but it damn sure seemed like uh, it followed. So
0: absolutely, the baseball gods are always watching and and that's the, the the universe's energies too again i'm always going to spit out the seven spiritual laws of success if you have not read it guys and you're a baseball player you don't have to be a baseball player if you're a parent if you're a businessman whatever it is businesswoman, read the seven spiritual laws of success all oh, that there is a law of karma in there and, and it makes perfect sense there
1: yep so
0: um so we were talking and uh and and this was like one of the big runs of the year like it was i think it was actually timed you know and and let's let's get this thing done and you got to get it under this time if not the next day you can't go again until you get it the next day it was just more of a mental edge thing in the fall and um and i i sneak up and go down one street down the other and i got a perfect sight out of sight out of mind um i'm watching the guys go and you had four or five dudes um crawl under that fence in that industrial park um and they cut off probably a quarter mile at least, maybe a half mile.
1: Yeah. Straight shot. Mile, yeah. So
0: so they, they, they they're sneaking into there. I mean they're running by stuff that probably could explode at any minute if they touch it. I don't know what we don't know what's going on in that place. Um and and you know, so those guys, whatever, you know, you guys you gotta run it again tomorrow. And then I almost let him slide with it because, number one, if y'all think every player is treated the same, um, you're sadly mistaken, parents, because, um, you know, you, you, I don't know. It's not if you're good. It's just your work ethic and blah, blah, But anyway, um, that could be a whole two-hour podcast, just me talking about that um, where everyone's treated equally. Life's not fair. Get over it. Um, but J-Wall, he climbs the fence. He climbs the fence and – and I was pissed because he—he he was a captain. He was—he was voted a team captain. Mm-hmm. And I was, man, I was livid. And I started laughing myself on the way on the way home, and was like, you know what? I might. Or on the way to the back to the field, I was like, you know what? I might just let him slide with it because this kid actually deserves it. I did not let him slide with it. He was suspended. He—he um, he climbed and hopped over a barbed wire fence. Now that you're wanting to cheat. If you're hopping over and climbing over successfully a barbed wire fence
1: yeah yeah just like the astros did a couple years ago in the world series that's pretty pretty blatant
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that's 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 tough right there man so
1: um
0: you know didn't was it was it your year when uh a group of you guys were running the loop and um there was almost a fight uh, when somebody about hit maybe hit hatchel with the car or um, something like that.
1: Yeah, I remember something like that. I don't think I was. I, I probably well, I, I was. I'm sure I probably was behind them. Um, but no, I remember there was something where yeah, somebody almost got hit, and then uh, obviously some guys said some stuff. I don't. I don't think anything ever. You know, any anything ever came of it. But uh, yeah, I remember there was some kind of uh, altercation of some kind.
0: So moving on, um, I remember creating um, calling calling Coach Taylor. Um, at Mars Hill and, and was like, hey man, um, coach, can you send me um, the goat, by the way, of college baseball that's um, not known as by the world as he should be. Um, but I called Coach Taylor and I said, um, you know, coach, can, can you send me some of our, I, I got a lot of our drills I Got I'm com- b- b- creating this book um, and I want I want to put together a practice plan every day um, for, for us. I mean, it's what college baseball is about. You always had a practice plan and it changed you know especially like all right if we had a bad day defensively the next day we're gonna pound defense again and really work drills um we did a lot of tennis ball drills at mars hill we did stanley that i did at mars hill and you know and so on and so forth and i took a lot from coach taylor and and he sent me quite a few a lot of information a lot of things the way he set it up and structured it and why and um we were doing that and again as finks and i got into um, it seemed like if it wasn't his idea, and he, and again, he referred to himself quite a few times as the captain of the ship. And if this ship's going to go down, um, he's going to sink with it, and all this stuff. Um, but there was no reason for the ship to sink. We had not hit an iceberg. Um, but this is this is year three of the program, and I'm developing the practice plans. We're doing them, and I thought we were very productive because Hatley wasn't there all the time because of his work schedule. So literally, it was just me and Lamb, um, and and we did like four on ones. We did the mini camps. We did things like that early in the fall. Um, but w- what's the story on Lamb coming? I know you and I probably talked about this in a Papa John's parking lot 15 years ago uh, or 10 years ago. But what's, what what happened with Lamb coming to you um, and asking you what to do at practice? Because the irony is, um, you know, later on when you were getting recruited hard by Charleston Southern out of Stanley and a couple other D1s and, and D2s, um, he was he was sneakily going behind your back and um, telling your teammates that you weren't D1 material
1: yeah yeah. So it was i would say for the most part it was probably like the the, during the fall of my freshman year um which would have been your first year coaching right and um yeah i mean it was it would you know i would always get to the field early you know hitting the cage and uh you know in some cases it would be you know you were there you know dragging the field or doing something he would you know just come up to me and obviously he would never do it in front of you um you know but and he would never do it in front of anybody else but he would be like you know so what do you think uh you know what do you think we need to work on at practice what do you think we should do, how do you, you know and it was kind of an oh shit moment to me um you know four weeks into the fall um you know kind of when i realized you know how inexperienced he was Um, And we can get into a lot more detail of, of, you know, examples of that. But that was kind of, you know, the first you know, couple of weeks you get to know the guys and get to know the team, get comfortable. Um, And I guess I wasn't really assessing the coach at that point. Um, But, yeah, I remember the first time, you know, the first time he did that, I think I either called you after practice or mentioned something to you during practice. And it was it was and then he did it you know, multiple, multiple times, or, you know, what do you think about this player here? Or, you know, what, who do you think should be playing here? And, you know, going on, you know, coming from Erskine and going on to Charleston Southern, like that would never happen like ever. I mean, (laughs) I mean, ever. So it, uh, you know, and, and I understand he, you know, it became very apparent he needed help. And he, you know, he, he was a fish out of water and was in way over his head. Um, but yeah i just thought that was kind of taboo um you know for a lot of people out there because like my high school i mean there was agenda we're doing this for 15 minutes then we're doing this we're taking io then everybody's sitting on the field these are the hitting groups um there there was none of that at stanley i mean you uh you know the first five guys to grab a bat and you know go you know go to the go to the plate are the first five guys taking bp so um and that later that later changed and you know we got some structure and stuff but um you know the that first uh the first couple weeks of that fall that was uh yeah that was that was interesting
0: so what was your response when he when he asked
1: oh man i'm trying to i'm trying to think i probably i probably just said you know defensively um you know at that point i don't think pitchers were really throwing many bullpens if at all um and one big thing that we did at Erskine, I do remember telling him uh inner squads. I mean, we we played inner squads two to three days a week at Erskine. Not so much at Charleston Southern, but um, you know, during the fall at Erskine. I mean, we were we weren't even practicing, uh, you know, we were we were playing, you know, nine inning games three days a week against each other. Um and we had the luxury of the amount of guys to be able to do that. Um, but I just told him, you know, live pitching, um, you know, we but it was it was just I don't even know that I told him anything that was useful I think I was just so caught off guard that you know he you know he's asking me what uh, you know I'm obviously trying to earn a starting job and he's asking me what to do for you know at practice it was it was just bizarre so um give
0: us a backstory a little bit um, I remember we talked about it a little bit on the first two but um, when you went to Charleston Southern you had um, you know, it was, we talked about you hit Tyler Ring in the back um, that day on the throwdown, Um and, and it was just like one of those like, oh crap, man, like, you know, um, Are they still gonna like me. And you continue to stroke the baseball and play well and, and uh, deservingly so of um, the D1 tag. Um, and it, it shouldn't be D1 or nothing. Um, you already showed, you played at three different levels of college baseball. You played D2, junior college and division one. Um, so what, what came about, um, I remember this, uh, pretty vividly, but Lamb telling Coach Lamb telling te- your teammates, um, that you weren't D1 material, um, and, and how did you respond to that? Uh, did you respond to that with him? Did you talk to him about that? Did you, um, talk to your teammates? You know, how did you respond, uh, mentally about that? Because, you know, in, in any situation, that's, that's definitely not a good, um, a, a good mental thing to, to have, um. Uh, as you're as you're playing baseball trying to get that scholarship and, and move on to the next level any level um out of, after junior college um how, how did you deal with that and, and what all happened with that
1: yeah so i mean uh you know total disclaimer when i was playing for the the diamond devils and playing for uh, coach alexander i mean i remember having you know after uh i think our last it was my maybe it's my the summer of my summer going into my junior year and um I think it was like the last uh, last game of the season or whatever and you know i just kind of pulled him aside and was like hey you know obviously you know i'm i'm not uh you know yavi molina um you know w- w- where do you see me and at that point i was five ten, 150 pounds you know where where do you see me um you know what what you know what level do you see me at obviously i want to go somewhere and play um but then like again, if you wanted to go somewhere you could
0: play, like you want to play. You're not going to sit the bench.
1: Right. Right. And, um, and he was like, you know, honestly, Derek, like you're not a, you're not a right now. You're not a D one guy. You're not going to go make an impact at a D one. He's like, you know, I see you as a, you know, a D two guy, junior college guy. Um, and he was a hundred percent right. I mean, I got to, you know, to Erskine, um, you know, was undersized, you know, put on 40 pounds in, you know, 10 months um, and, um, so, I mean, there's debate whether, you know, after, you know, after I got to Stanley, you know, w- whether I was doing material or not, but I mean, that's regardless of the question, um, you know, for, for, for Lamb to, to tell. So I think what it was, was there was some guys, um, and they weren't even like everyday players. They weren't, um, which I always found interesting. He seemed to confide in, in guys that, um,
0: that was know, the pot.
1: Well, stirred the pot, but um, on the field they're not uh, turning any heads. You know, right. they're not they're not contributing, um, you know, to the club in in any way, not in any way. But uh, you know, when 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 the time it's not it's not like it was a Matt High or a Jay Wall or a you know a, a Bubba or you know somebody that he said this to. This that, you know he said this to you know I think three relief pitchers that probably had not nothing against them probably had twelve innings total between the three of them right and um so one of them came up and told me and I'm obviously I'm glad that you know I'm glad that you know he he told me and I'll never forget I was I was at I was at the dawn before practice um and I'm not sure what the what the hold up was before practice I think everybody might have known that like okay Derek's about to you know, dares you, about to. You had finish. said
0: something to me the next, the, the day before. I think that night, um, and and we had talked wherever we were, um, and and I remember you talking and and you 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 actually asked me if if you should, um, say something to him. And and you you weren't a confrontational like, um, like I, as a player, I went off on Lamb one time, um, after a game. It was just him and I and Hatley, um, and and I undressed him, and I did a couple times to the coach too, but, um and that's not right um but you you weren't going to him to be confrontational and be like you know what f you dude uh and so i i I felt like you approached it the right way
1: yeah no so i just kind of pulled him over and was like hey you know can i talk to you real quick i you know heard you know i heard that you told you know told some of the guys on the team that uh you know it was stupid of me to commit to charleston southern i wasn't d1 material um and this granted this is after i had already committed like i was excited i was you know and um absolutely that i you know i wasn't d1 material and um i, I forget you know obviously you know i think there was you know just some critiques about you know uh fundamentals or whatever i, I don't i don't remember exactly what it was but um so you know i was just like you know wow you know wow if you feel that way like you as a coach, you know, I want, I want you to be honest with me. I mean, I'm out here giving it 110% for you every day. If, you know, if, if, you know, if I'm not a D one guy, make me a D one guy. And if, if you can't make me a D one guy, then tell me that. And, you know, let's look for another school that, you know, I can go play at. And, um, And he was just you know he was just and i mean at this point i couldn't get a straight answer out of him for probably 10 minutes and he was just talking in circles and I, i mean i remember like bumping chest with him a couple times and i mean i was at that point i was hot and um you know i was not a confrontational guy but at that point i was you know i was confrontational um and he gave me an analogy that if dr k who i believe was the dean at the time came into his office and told him that he was not going to win a game all year that would motivate him to try harder so the reasoning behind him telling my teammates that in his mind is he knew it was going to get back to me and it was going to make me a better player that
0: makes sense to you
1: absolutely not no i mean that's, that's the most twisted thing i've ever yeah, I can't wrap my head around that. And I mean, it, baseball is a confidence game, and you know, I, I've always played very well for for coaches that you know I knew had confidence in me, and and um, so that was really kind of uh, you know a gut punch to, you know, um, you know you're welcome for coming here every day and and working my tail off.
0: Well, you said earlier that um, when Lamb was asking you um, what to do at practice, you had some examples of uh, a lot of discrepancies in um his his uh his ability to to run a college baseball program give us some of those examples
1: yeah i mean i think the biggest thing with um yeah, i think the biggest thing with with a good successful any kind of program whether it's a company a baseball team uh, you know whatever um i think you got to have a, a level of expectation and autonomy i mean um i think you know people have to go about their business a way that they know you're expecting them to um and i think the level of expectation i I mean in a a lot of cases i feel like i was holding guys to higher expectations than he was as our head coach Um, and he was very very scared of confrontation but loved to stir the pot and love so it was so, I mean, I think, you know, the examples of I mean, I think just managing players, managing personalities, setting that expectation for, you know, what, uh, you know, what he stands for, what his program stands for, and, um, you know, really trying to get guys to buy into what, what he believes. and I'm saying he as a coach, not as Jeff Lamb, um, but, you know, a coach should get players to buy into, you know, to the process and, you know, and, and You know we're doing these drills and you know and you just really have to get everybody as a whole to buy in um you know to be successful at anything and i don't think for one he ever set the expectation for anybody of what what he expected um and for two i mean i just think the way he managed personalities and you know you know was watching football games and in the dugout during during you know during the fall um the way he interacted with umpires and 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 i mean other other coaches i mean it was i mean other coaches from other teams i mean it was i mean the list can go on and on but it was i mean i think it was pretty apparent to anybody that spent more than 15 minutes around jeff lamb on a baseball field um that that yeah he was he was very very out of place so you got hurt
0: um and and I, I give over the pitching uh, the calling pitches duty um to you um i know a.a would uh would hate that he he believes that um that pretty much pitchers catchers should be on the same page even in high school uh, even in young travel ball 13 14 um and the pitcher is really the one like you know if it, if if you throw down a, a two and um, and and Matt High wants to throw a fastball. He's gonna shake you off, and Austin's fine with that. Um, and and he is, and he has a great. Um, we've had many discussions about this um, at, at many times uh, in Palmetto games, at, at DP Christmas, at all kinds of stuff, and um, and he, he brings up great points, very valid points, and I really feel like. Um, at times, you know, if, if a pitcher should go and, um, and, and really believe in what he's throwing, you know, let, let him throw it. Um, but also on the flip side for me, um, a guy has to understand how to pitch before he can kind of call his own game. And the catcher needs to understand how to catch. And there's a lot of games where um, you call the, the game by yourself um, at Stanley. Um, and, um, you know, but when I had a guy like Matt High on the mound, um, who at times, a lot of times, he would look like a video game. If I told him, uh, you know, hey, Derek. Matt, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Derek, fastball away, you know, and he throws fastball away. And then, Matt, hey, Matt, let's go back with a curveball down and in. Boom, he bangs the curveball down in. It's like wherever I called it, and we had a rhythm going about it. But um, you were so intelligent, um, and you were such a student of the game. Um, I give you the pitching – call the pitches um, when you're hurt. How did you get hurt, and, and what happened when you were calling pitches from the dugout when you were hurt?
1: Yeah, ironically, it was actually, I strained my patella tendon. Um, yeah, so my kneecap, uh, I'll never forget, we were, I think we were working on turns at first base or something, and I planted, uh, no, actually, it was in a game. It was in a game, and uh, I hit a ball, you know, in in the gap, and was thinking about, you know, I took a hard turn, which, I mean, I didn't have speed, so I had to take a hard turn. If I was that taking, was at the dawn. Of, yeah, yeah, that was at yeah, the dawn. I remember
0: it. I remember now.
1: And I remember I took a hard turn, and they got the ball back in pretty quick, and I planted, and, um, Anyways, long story short, hurt my patella tendon, had to be in like, a uh, so my kneecap was like inside of my knee, like on the in, inside part of my leg. Um, and so I went in, went back down to Columbia. My parents took me in, got it, got it MRI. They're like, nah, you're, you're, you're fine. You just need to wear a straight leg boot. And the biggest thing it hurt was me to squat. Like I was fine, you know, walking around, uh, couldn't really accelerate too much as far as being explosive. Um. You know, hitting didn't bother me. as my my right leg hitting really didn't bother me. But I mean, I was I was limping out of the box. I mean, um, so anyway, so so get hurt and um, Lamb's like, well, I want you to call pitches for I think Sneed was catching or maybe Hatchell was catching, and um, I'm like, look, coach, I don't really like we don't have scouting reports on these guys. It's more of a feel thing. Behind the plate, of like their posture, you know where, where are we at in the lineup. um, You know how how close are they standing in the plate? How far away are they? How far up in the box are they? You know, th- there's just a whole vibe that you get catching that you, you can kind of learn how to, you know, how to how to read how to read hitters. And I was like, you know, I really, I mean, I'll do it, but there, you know, it's more of a, it's more of just a, it just comes naturally ra- naturally to me catching. I've never called pitches out of a duck. Like, I've never. And um, so I think I called pitches for, I don't know, a couple games. And then I, I was like, coach, I'm like, why don't you just let let Hatchell or let Snead or let the pitcher? I mean, I did, so I did it briefly, um, which, again, is a very taboo in, in college baseball without, you know, a pitching chart or a scouting report or anything. But, um, yeah, that was just another another experience.
0: And you played first base some, too. Was this around the time of your injury?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um I, I it wasn't I didn't play first base. It was maybe a couple games. Um and then I did play some in um in, in that summer. Um but yeah, I mean it was a couple games. I don't know if Dish got hurt or there had to be something else in the lineup to move to move Dish off of first base. Um maybe I, I don't know what it was. But yeah, I did I did play a couple games at first.
0: Um so we'll get to a little bit of the um, not difficult for us to talk about, but maybe difficult for people to listen to out there. Um, And, and so some of the words uh, that we say, again, um, don't, don't get butt hurt. Don't, don't call, don't text, or don't uh, report us or say anything like that. We'll get to some of the awkward, more awkward parts of uh, the first two and a half parts of the podcast so far have been pretty, pretty fun to listen to and things like that. Now we get kind of more into the interesting stuff, um of of how some of the stuff started going downhill um and um before we do that i have one um one more little little um funny thing to talk about um you mentioned Chipani earlier what do you remember about Chipani?
1: man Chipani was uh he was he was jacob wright and i's roommate i guess my whole second year and i guess jacob didn't stay for the spring that year um and, uh, no, nah, was a good dude. He, uh, homeschooled, um, you know, super nice guy. Do anything in the world for you. Uh, loved his car, uh, had a little V6 Mustang. Um, and I'll never forget. He hit my car re- backing out of our driveway and he dented my car so much. He had to have had the, the pedal to the floor when he was backing out of the driveway. I mean, it was, I heard it in my bedroom, um, did he fix- uh, Yeah, yeah, he fixed it. He had like a he had like a guy in Canapolis that had like a body shop behind his house in a neighborhood, um, nice. and yeah, it was like kind of some black market stuff. But yeah, I mean, he he made it right. He yeah, no doubt.
0: Good deal. So um, the the small world about this is it was my <clears throat> it was my sophomore year, uh, which I ended up redshirting at Mars Hill, and um, we had a, a freshman come in. And, uh, was, was this, was this Chipani Matthew?
1: No, it's Andrew.
0: Andrew. So Matthew Chipani was his older brother actually played on, uh, briefly, um, before he, uh, kind of got ran out of town. Um, and I'm sure when Shapani comes on here, Andrew comes on here, um, Matthew might have some words for me and that's fine. Um, we can, you know, bury the hatchet and let thing bygones be bygones as they say. Um, but he lived actually, um, uh, adjacent uh, to the right of my dorm room I went back to where uh, me and Ryan lived in the dorm and actually had the room by myself in uh, my sophomore year um, and uh, Thomas um, ah man last name I'll get you, uh, but Thomas and Matthew Chapin lived together uh, of course he left at Christmas but homeschooled as well um, never fit in um, and I was big into UFC at the time um, Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock were having their um, they're the real root of their uh, rivalry, um, in Tito Ortiz and then uh, Chuck Liddell started. So I was I was big in UFC, watching it in the dorm all the time. And um, Chappie started trying to get hard one day, and um, and we we would wrestle out in the you know in the little th- small hallways of a dorm, and and um, so we're doing like the moves and stuff and wrestling around, nobody's punching you by or nothing. And uh, the the dude he, he pinched me. Um, he, he I got him down and he pinched me and, and it doesn't matter if I never hit a woman. but if you pinch me, you might get your hand might get smacked as you're getting away. I hate getting pinched. That's why I, I don't ever wear green on uh, St. Patrick's Day and if you pinch me I will hit you. Um, and he pinched me and um, one thing led to another after that and he had a black eye and went and told coach. And, um, it was one of those situations where life's not fair. Um, coach was like, okay, prove it. Well, I can't, there's no cameras. Okay. Well then go away. Stop crying. Um, you know, and, um, so when Andrew came in and, uh, I remember him saying, uh, do you, do you remember me? And I was like, I don't know. Who are you? And, uh, he was like, uh, my last name's Chipani. I was like, oh, no way. I know a chapana he's like yeah that was my brother i'm like oh this is probably not a good start for us (laughs) and uh but but he actually uh it actually seemed like uh we, we we got along well and um and I think he may have only stayed a year. Also, he may have stayed two. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, he, he played a little bit, had a little bit of game. But um, but um, I, I definitely liked Andrew a lot better than um, his older brother. Um, so um, yeah, that 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 night got out of hand quickly. And uh, man, I hate getting pinched. But uh, and and didn't like the chapanis until I met uh, uh, the youngest one, Andrew. So um, that was that was wild. And now, who did he
1: he lived with y'all too? Yeah, he lived with me and uh, Jacob Wright. And then when we figured out that Jacob Wright was just going to sleep on the couch, we let Dutter move in to Jacob's room. So, oh, that's right. Uh, that's
0: smart, too. Cut down, the, cut down the... Now, why did Jacob Wright leave um, the second year? Probably me.
1: No, no. It had something to do with... Uh, it, was, it was an eligibility thing. It had something to do with... Um, right. Like plagiarism or failing in a class i forget i don't i don't remember exactly but it no nah, i don't think he left on his own
0: right yeah absolutely I, I do remember that now um it was something uh with scholastics but um yeah. so um again if you guys want to turn it off here or turn wait and pause it and let the kids get out of the car um so we have pro day um and it is at campbell um have you seen campbell's uh, uh facilities lately
1: no i mean we played there uh would have been uh, charleston southern we played there 2013. Uh, um
0: if on ESPN Plus, um, without Major League Baseball, um, ESPN is about to show a ton of college baseball games. You get ESPN Plus. Uh, thank you to my mother-in-law. I use hers. It's fantastic. You can watch everybody from uh, Charleston Southern to Coastal Carolina to Cal State Fullerton to uh, UC Irvine. To um, There's actually a few D2 games that get showed, and it's absolutely phenomenal just to, just to have on all weekend, um, especially if you're lucky enough to have a pretty big-sized TV out in your garage um I just leave it on uh, time to go get a beer hey what's the score in on this one hey, who's playing next you just, it's awesome so um i saw it last year campbell has completely renovated everything um all turf field i mean that place is massive um it's absolutely beautiful um and it was beautiful then but um they have absolutely took it to um, uh, the next level. So we're at Campbell. Um, this is your second year, I do believe, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This story is, uh, I remember being at Campbell, my, you know, for pro day, my, my, my sophomore year, because uh, actually that, uh, that evening is when I got Meredith's number. Um, so, but I don't, I don't remember exactly, uh, you know, what, what I know, I, I know Lamb said it because a lot of people said it, but I don't remember the, the, the context or, 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 or any really anything else about that day.
0: Yeah, and we'll we'll get to the context um, of it. I'm gonna say what I th- I believe I remember, but it could be um, Dylan Finkst or um, Dutter uh, will definitely know. And if we can, if we can track down J Wall, he he would definitely know because he was standing right there too. Um, you were close by. Jacob Wright was right there. Um, so we're at Campbell. We go to pro day, and what that was at the JUCO level, we had I um, know it was us. Um, uh, Flodar was there. Um, Brunswick was there uh it was like it was like six i want to say six schools it might have been eight and it was all staggered throughout the day so what would happen is um major league scouts and four-year colleges came and the guys would run 60s um you would have you take io um kind of an extended io um so they could watch guys fill balls uh and throw, throw the ball across the diamond um, catchers do their pop times Uh, obviously pitchers would get uh gunned radar in game um and things like that hitters um they would watch in the um in the cages uh who wanted to see that and it was all staggered throughout the day so while game was going on the pro workout was going on and and the scouts would bounce from um one to one place to another and um gary randall who is um he is is like a, a living legend to me and he is a living legend in baseball um but he, he's on that like a uh, human god level to me when it comes to baseball uh much respect i got to hang out with him last fall at a fall showcase at River Bluff high school and and talk a little i just absolutely love this guy and um and <clears throat> gr never never disappoints and he's just fantastic human being um but as a player it was like, Oh, Gary Randall's here, man. Like, all right, let's, this is big time. Let's go. Um, Billy Best, Freddie Suggs, were on that same level at the time in my mind. And, um, and, and so we're there, we have Stanley It's our third year program. We got some talent. We got Derek Moses hitting bombs. We got, um, um, Jacob Wright hitting absolute nukes. Um, Matt high was that? Matt high was there. Um, correct. It was his second year also.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Matt was there for both years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jay Wall. It was his first year, correct?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: An absolute stud. We talked a little bit about it. John Wall, um, and I say it to this day. John Wall is the best all-around baseball player I've ever coached. Um, and and I and I'm not talking about work ethic. I'm talking about on game day. Um, I saw that kid make plays um, that that I've never seen anybody else make. Do Do you remember the play um, that Jay Wall made? Made two back to back plays at Campbell on Pro Day at shortstop. Do you remember those two plays?
1: No, I don't in particular. I mean, I remember him making, I mean, he made some, and I mean, he was always the guy, too. If, you know, if, you know, if I threw a one hopper down and a guy was stealing, he was the guy that would stand there with his hands on his hips and then at the last minute pick it. And, you know, the guy would come into second thinking I, the catcher wasn't even throwing down. And, and so he, he was just a savvy, you know savvy ball player and i mean hell he had a a cannon um was quick um so yeah i mean i i, I remember him making some crazy plays but i don't i don't remember those two in particular
0: and, and hit for power
1: oh yeah yeah and, no
0: yeah savvy is a perfect word for him so um anyone that knows me knows i'm a huge duke basketball fan and um one time um my boy Grayson Allen get off of him i don't care if he tripped anybody i hope he trips you um, Grayson dunked as a freshman in the Final Four after he missed a three against Michigan State, followed his shot, got the rebound, and absolutely destroyed the rim, one-handed dunk. And, and I'm the type of guy who's very emotional and passionate about sports, uh, very competitive. And, and I was living by myself in, in Surfside Beach and I had nowhere, no one was with me. Um, and, and I took off running around the room and I ended up somehow jumping into my sink. I was so pumped. Um, <clears throat> these two plays J-Wall made at Campbell was pretty much the same extent. As a coach, you always keep your cool. You keep, you know, you know, get excited, fist bump here, a let's go. Um, but I remember just taking off down like, oh, my God, you don't. Like, I've never. So there was a play. Um, it was back-to-back plays. Choppers, I think Tim's – do you ever play with Tim Silsby?
1: Yeah, I played with him both years.
0: Okay. So Tim Silsby's on the mound. Um, I think he's on the mouth, obviously, back to my plays. I, th- I believe it was Tim. Um, so he, he throws a pitch and the ball's chopped into the 5 6 hole. And it was one of those where the third baseman's like just out of his reach. So, you know, if the shortstop can get to it, it's probably going to be an infield hit. Um, nobody's got major league arms out here, um, you know, for the most part. And, and he called it. He had already jumped when he called it, like Jeter. He had already jumped and called it while he was in air. Transferred and threw it in, in air, a one hop dime to first base to get the guy by a half step. I mean, absolutely one of the best plays I've ever seen. The next one was very similar, another rollover to the left side. He takes off and he actually backhands. He, he's coming like back into third base, sort of, backhands it and throws. I mean, it wasn't even sidearm, it was like an underneath flip on a dart right to the first base and to get him by like a quarter step. And it was just the best two plays by a shortstop, especially back to back. Um, I have ever seen. And that was when that was like, you know, you knew that was the rise. This was his first fall. And you know, that was like the rise of Jay wall. Like this kid is not going to be special. This kid is special. He has arrived right now.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was, I mean, I would say five tools, um, You know, I I really can't think, I mean, he was, he was fast. I I mean, I I would think probably, I mean, other than his size, um, you know, I think he was maybe five, eight, five, nine, um, other than his size. I mean, he, he had, I mean, hit, hit for power, uh, you know, got on base, uh, you know, contact guy. I mean, he was just all the way around. He was, uh, yeah, he was, he was solid.
0: So before those two games we played that day um back to back a little double header i think they're both like seven or five inning games um for the scouts but um so we run our 60s um i remember um i think you and jacob Wright met or ran against each other um on the stanley roster and and i'm down there talking um and and i'm, I'm young you know these guys had just seen me pull just seen me playing the year before um the year before or two years before and i i'm getting into that baseball loop that baseball community that that fraternity that um you know right now if I need anyone's number in the nation I can call max three guys and one of those three guys if they don't have it they will get that number for a coach for me and I will give them a call and and you know and and they know I'm not going to call or give it to the kid and say hey call this guy you know mess with him you know it's it's they know they trust me that I'm going to keep that information um you know sacred and 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 the professional. Um, so I'm building these relationships with all the other coaches in in the conference or in the region and, and all the coaches that are there, um, talking to the scouts, getting their numbers. Um, you know, Hey, if I see a guy when we're out, you know, I'll shoot you a text about him. Um, and maybe you can follow up so on and so forth. And, and I I'm pretty sure it was about West Virginia football. Um, because a guy, um, I want to say it was a West Virginia coach was there and it's Gary Randall. It's Billy best. Um, three or four college coaches there and the guy goes and lamb walks up in the circle. We're talking and there's a couple of players around too. And we're, and we're all talking and the guys were on the sixties and stuff and, and stretching and everything. And he says, uh, lamb goes, uh, West Virginia and it could have been like a D2 in West Virginia or something like that or you know West Virginia State if that's a place but it was something and he was like West Virginia and He was like yeah I'm from West Virginia too yeah, how about the football team and he's like oh man seeing West Virginia here and he takes his arm like puts it like a like a almost like a flex like when you do it like a Tiger Woods fist pump right And yeah yeah
1: that's, that's a good kind of- analogy
0: and I have a jacket on, so let me take this little this little jacket off real quick, because you have to hear the sound. It's 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 blistered into my mind. He kind of flexes his forearm, and and right there in front of those those goats, those baseball lifers, that guy goes, <clears throat> really gets my dick hard.
1: Yeah, no. I...
0: Everybody went silent. Everybody just looked at it. And I was the, mo- I do not embarrass easily. I don't embarrass at all. I was the most embarrassed in that moment than I have ever been.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, and I've, I've heard the story from so, from so many guys that I feel like I, I can, I mean, I can picture him doing it. So I almost feel like I was there. Um, but, you know, once again, I, I know it's, it sounds unbelievable, but uh, this actually happened.
0: Gary Randall looked at me, did his little eyebrow shrug as Gary does and still does to this day when something, uh, uh, very unnecessary or, or wild happens. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. He's a very, uh, stoic figure. Uh, and, um, it was just, uh, I just looked at him and shook my head and and I was just, uh, I was blown away, um, at what had just occurred. Um, and, and that kind of leads us into, more things along that line that happened over the next couple of years um, that that began kind of a downfall. Um, I don't know if it was this year that you were there. Um, do you remember me missing practice for um, driving the soccer team?
1: Yeah, I think that whole that, that was whole, the same year. That was yeah, the, that the whole situation. Yeah, that whole situation about you know him telling those guys that you know he they can't believe I'm he can't believe I'm going to play D one. I think you were at a uh, I think you were at a soccer game that that day.
0: Yeah. So um, so we're we're in the middle of our season and uh, I, I'm you know we're we're practicing and uh, I, I he was like hey I need I, nobody can drive the the soccer team today. Um, one of they, they're a van short, a driver short for one of the vans to USC Sakahatchee. Now that's a hell of a trip. Um, it was a long trip. Um, of course I was treated to, um, a golden corral on the way home. Um, I had to, so I had to drive, I had to sit through soccer games, uh, men's and women's. And then I had to drive back stopping at golden corral and, and so on and so forth. Cause I remember getting back. And I was getting text messages from you and I talked to you a little bit on there on the bus but I was like, I can't talk right now because you know I got sucker guys in here and stuff um but I left a practice plan and and that you know this is what we we're gonna do that day and you you text me and said um I saw a text from you in the middle of what would be practice. I'm like, right, first off, Derek never has his phone. Like, so like I text you back and like, yo, are you good? And you were like, this is a shit show. Like what's going on. And, and I was like, what do you, I have no idea. He's like, um, I think lamb was throwing BP. B- do you remember the practice?
1: No, I, I don't even, I'm not even sure I practiced that day, honestly. Cause, uh, you know, him and I got into it and then everybody was just kind of standing around. And, um, I think I remember texting you just like, dude, I'm, I'm leaving like this. So I, I'm not even, I don't even think I practiced that day. I think I, would I was get
0: into it about that day.
1: That was the whole, that was the whole time that, uh, he, he was, to, he told, you know, the guys at breakfast that I okay. wasn't D one material and yada, yada, right.
0: yada. That was the same day. I, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, like certain that was the. Out, I wouldn't be there.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm pretty certain that was the same day. Cause I don't, I don't remember you being there. Well, um, I, I do remember that um, he sat
0: you guys down, whether y'all practiced or not, or whatever y'all did. Um, Cause I remember, yeah, players were throwing BP and stuff. Um, and I think he left at one point or something. We'll get to the bottom of that from other stories from guys. Um, but I remember him sitting you guys down and you said, I, I wouldn't sit down and he got mad at you or something. Um, and he said that he is the captain of the ship and um, and he's going to, uh, if it goes down, he'll, he'll go down on it. And um, it's not about one coach. And he kept referencing me apparently throughout this speech. And, um, and, and I, you know, I don't know what I had done because I, all I did was try to, you know, improve the program each single every day. Um, but during this whole spill, he made a reference. Um, I don't know how he thought this would motivate. Maybe he's trying to motivate. I don't know. Um, but he talked about his, his, he had a, he had a young son, a newborn, um, or, or an infant. Um, and he said his, his, um, son is, is, is potty trained or should be by now, but, but he has accidents. And, uh, he said the, the son of a bitch will take his diaper off in the middle of the living room and shit on the floor. And you know what I do guys? I take the back of his head and I shove him down his nose right in the shit like a dog. And I tell him, you either shit in your diaper or you shit in the toilet. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and he... And, and, I, and he used that reference again two years later. Or a year and a half later when even more shit hit the fan. Um, and it was just a very... Um, awkward situation um, and I come back and I know you and I I don't know where we talked um, because you were a captain you were a leader of the team and um, and and you know you, you expressed your um, your frustrations with me for I mean we, we talked for three or four hours that night I believe yeah, yeah. Um, you may have even stayed at my house that night I'm not sure um, but you know, what, what, what was your next move, um, in the coming days?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember anything, you know, in particular, I know that's getting to be a, a common phrase that I use. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just really kind of wrap my head around, uh, you know, I really kind of lost my motivation and that, that happened probably halfway through my sophomore year. Um, and I mean, I just kind of lost all motivation to, you know, to show up and, and you know, listen to—I mean, not that I had had much of it left, but you know, to listen to anything he had to say, or I mean, it, it was—it just—I I don't disrespect, or or I don't disrespect too many people. um And I mean, you can ask my wife. There's one guy that if I saw in a dark alley with nobody around, I would beat the hell out of him. That I mean, and and that I mean, and I'm not a I'm not a confrontational guy, but. Um, yeah i i mean i don't know what i did in the coming days but uh you know they, they say time heals all things but you know i don't know I mean, you got that it, yeah i mean uh, you know it's it's just uh yeah i just i just think for you know hopefully you know i know i don't know how he's still coaching but uh yeah, you know i just i just hope that i was an anomaly and you know that's not how he uh you know treats uh you know all of his players
0: so you ended up going to um the administration at some point
1: yeah i did i did yeah that next day um, tell us a little bit about that yeah so it was um it was dr k I, I think that was her name um and i remember i sat in her lobby for it was after it was after practice or we had an off day or something um i remember it's after classes it was definitely like it, mid-afternoon it, like, mid-afternoon kind of
0: players go with you that day
1: no, no, I just went by myself.
0: Some other players were called in though after.
1: Yeah, I think some other players may have been called in after, uh, but no, I just went by myself, um, and um, you know, pretty much just said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to be playing baseball here. Um, I, I just, you know, want you to be aware of, you know, who is who's running your baseball program, and um, at that point, not trying to sound like I'm, you know, any bigwig, but at that point, I think I was the only guy, you know, signed to go play anywhere the following year. Um, and um so i I just felt like uh it was kind of my duty um to you know just just you know at least if nothing else make them aware Uh, I, i don't think that i thought that i was gonna um you know get him replaced but i definitely wanted them to be aware of you know my experience and um you know just the unprofessionalism and you know and obviously you know a dean of of a college is not going to understand baseball um but uh you know if if you tell them that yeah this guy said that I wasn't good enough to you know to go play where I'm committed to go play and he told my teammates that I mean it doesn't it doesn't take a baseball person to understand that um and um so it was I mean that 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 conversation with her was you know very respectful and um like I said I didn't really expect anything out of it I just wanted wanted her to be aware um because it was it was getting to a point where um and I think it took me a little while to see it but um where it was getting embarrassing I and mean, we were I was playing guys you know at USC Lancaster and um USC soccer had she, uh, you know Lenore Brunswick I knew a bunch of those guys I'd been at Erskine with them or I was going to Charleston Southern with them um and you know obviously we we all knew who was going where and you know got to know those guys through playing with them um and it just got to a point where it was just embarrassing um and I'm I'm a guy that you know I, I mean I can say I get embarrassed you know somewhat easily um and and it just it got to a point where I was around enough baseball guys growing up um that at 19 years old i walked into the dean's office and i mean i, I didn't say anything like you know f that mf or you know I, I was very composed but you know i just want you to be aware that you know i, I you know if you if you want this to continue uh this program to continue I, you know i'm not sure that he's he's the guy you need um and that that was pretty much the the, the gist of the conversation
0: how, how does she respond throughout
1: the whole thing yeah i mean i think i think too i think she was just you know she was taking notes um she she obviously didn't say anything unprofessional or you know uh, you know like we've you know we've been wondering that or anything i mean she didn't lead me to believe that there was you know there was um any thoughts of of you know them being concerned with him in that position um but i i could tell that she was uh i think she could tell how passionate i was and um you know, and that's why I asked in the last podcast, that I start all this? Um, because, uh, I, I think she was a little taken back. Um, just because, I mean, really when you look at it from an outsider in, um, he didn't do, he didn't have to do anything. Um, And that's the glory of being a head, you know, a a, a head baseball coach. You know, you, you surround yourself with people and obviously you know the game inside and out, but your job is not to do everything. What a junior college level, when you're Jeff Lamb coming from, uh, you know, a 1A high school. um, If you've already lost, if you've already lost the fact of like, he was completely happy at South Stanley coaching high school baseball. He fell into the job he fell into at Stanley Community College. He was completely happy in that job. And I think the underlying, you know, moral to all of this after thinking about it for years and years and years is, you know, I don't think he had any motivation to become a better coach or to, you know, coach at a higher level or, you know, he was just content and he somehow surrounded himself with people um, that made his job easy but i think you know the the wool was pulled off the eyes you know uh, which i don't know anything about but you know later on in in, in maybe he had nothing to do with uh, you know the closing of the athletic program but um but yeah i, I don't know it was uh, it was it was amazing to me how out of place he was um but at certain times um you know just kind of blended right in uh but then you get him away one on one and you know ha- have two or three you know, sentence conversation with him and you're like holy smokes like this is you know so it uh yeah i don't know it was just it was just a bizarre the the, the worst head the worst head coach the worst coach i've ever had um but uh it's just it's miraculous to me that you know <laughs> he there's a lot of guys out there that would you know w- would kill the coach college baseball that are high school coaches um and it, it's just crazy to me that you know if they didn't do a very big search for you know their first baseball coach
0: and if i i may be wrong but um i've heard this story from him and uh some other guys uh, when he went in to interview, interview for the job um i believe the west stanley uh, i think that's the green one right yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, West Stanley was going the the head coach there at the time, and he might still be at West Stanley. Um, he was going to get the job, um, I believe. He ended up turning it down. I don't know if it was for because of money or, or you know, again maybe just be content um, and where he's at. West Stanley um, has always had a very good um, baseball program, and he, he may still be there. I actually follow them on Twitter just because they put some cool content out and the guys work hard. And um, but um, I, I know he he had supposedly um, got the job but never accepted it. Um, Lamb went in for an interview and he had a binder and um, I, I've seen this binder when he was actually suspended a year and a half later um, for sexual harassment um, from the college um, for I think four weeks and I was uh, deemed uh, acting head coach and athletic director um, and that was a very awkward return to the same office um he he didn't talk to me for for days. Um, but um I, I I went I did go through his stuff, um, not go through his stuff, but look through his bookshelf and stuff during that time and um I did find a it was I don't even I've never seen a binder this big. This might have been a six inch binder. And it was um it was all true. It was um he brought in this binder um that was all baseball stuff, like um uh, ways to hit, um, printed off like um, ways to, you know, field a ground ball, um, college baseball 101, like um, whirly drills, all these things. And uh, and he actually they, they were none of it was on. all printed, all printed off of the Internet and then put in. it use that as this was his like this is my knowledge of the game and and whoever if it was a or whoever it was at the time they they bought what he was selling yeah and I'm a guy that um especially if you look at the uh, wizardville two three now on twitter <clears throat> me and jeff fry who played with the red sox for years uh we we go out a lot of dues with the HLP hitting and all these little contraptions guys use now the rebel rack and the UT and um, uh, teacher man who's an idiot um, and and the, all these guys that are just bums um, selling snake oil to kids and their parents for for tons of money for lessons and all this stuff and um, i've never been a guy that now i i would never i would never be the one all right well the rebel racks is stupid well actually i'm not going to form my opinion on that until i see it now i would love, like to see it in person but i'm not going to buy one but i'll watch as many different videos as i can not ones that the guys use and try to sell you know other people have them they post videos in this technological world we live in and, and I'll look at all this stuff, and I'll, I'll form my own opinion. Um, but I was never a guy to um, – you were there at the time. I, I, you obviously were. Um, when Hatley found some DVDs or bought some DVDs offline, and they tried to turn everybody into professional hitters as a – career
1: remember that? Yep, yep, I do.
0: Yeah, and, and it was very frustrating because it, no you, you can't make a hitter a hitter uh Derek Moses was um very rotational on pitches middle end but Derek Moses was a hell of a linear hitter middle away so you can't make one guy any different or, or different than what they naturally are you have to work with each guy individually and some things work with one guy and don't work for the other
1: well I think that was I think that's um you know was part of you know the 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 frustration of just not having a process to buy into I kind of touched on that earlier but like when I when I went to Erskine um and then when I went to Charleston Southern I mean like I remember before I got to Erskine they emailed me their hitting philosophy it was like all right know this know this inside now it was you know Kevin Nichols put it together and I mean it was your it's your mindset in every count You know 1-0 2-0 it doesn't matter every every situation where you're looking for the ball Um, and if it's not there you're not swinging Um, you know whether that's right whether that's wrong it worked i mean they led the nation in home runs i mean you know (laughs) it it definitely worked but at least they had a process and you had something you could buy into Um, i think the concern my concern with you know with with the whole situation at stanley is you know, there was nothing, there was no philosophy to buy into. I mean, like you said, they were buying DVDs. They were, um, I mean, <laughs> it was, uh, it, it, you know, I think the, the fundamental coaching in college baseball is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, you know, you, you, you know, in Stanley was a little different situation, but, you know, most, most colleges, you know, the, the guys get, didn't come to college to learn fundamentals they've got the fundamentals now they just need to figure out you know pitch selection or you know okay you know what 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 is the lefty trying to do against me um you know it just pitch sequence and i mean there's much more that goes into it than okay well today we're gonna you know today we're gonna learn how to be rotational hitters you know 35 days into the spring or you know it's it, that, that so it just I don't think there was any structure or anything for anybody to to, to buy into, um, you know, outside of the the what what you tried to do as much as you could as the assistant. It was there wasn't a, a common philosophy. There wasn't, a, uh, and everybody you don't have to put every hitter in a box like you're saying, but there wasn't even a baseline to build off of, of you know, pitch selection or I mean, like I'll never forget it. At Charleston Southern, Coach Lake would ask, you know, mid inner squad, you know, a guy would lock up on a, you know, a fastball middle end that he should have crushed, and he would stop the inner squad and like not call out the hitter or anything, just call the call the hitter down, and, like what were you looking for there, like what what were you know, and and just teach them what pitchers are doing to them, and that, that's that is what college baseball is. It's everybody can run, everybody can hit, everybody can throw, it everybody can pitch. It's it's the intertwinings of the game that at that point other junior colleges were doing i mean you watched lenore and 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 usc sumter and even though it was individual players with different uh, you know heights and weights and and you know they 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 had a they had an approach about them as a team um that we just we just lamb didn't have um and you know and that that going back to you know that was kind of the reason that i went to to dr k and, and just kind of just let her know um that, 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 that this guy does not know what he's doing i mean obviously i don't want his job um you know but i like this is you know like he's he's gonna run a bunch of people you're like i feel like i was pretty patient to, to, to i feel like i was one of a few that, that that held it out for the the two years um but uh but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was just not the way it, it, a college baseball program should have, should have been operated, whether it was year one or year four. I mean, look at Frank Pate, um, you know, Tim Medlin, Tom Fleenor. um, all these guys that i don't know who started usc union um uh, chris, you know
0: chris Nall is one of the coaches there yeah so i mean
1: but like you know look at uh look at all these you know President
0: all these, mcdonald at flodar
1: yeah yeah he's yeah so i mean look at all these look at all these coaches and what they all have in common is for for between coach medlin flenor um coach pate frank pate uh They all were kind of old school baseball guys that had coached other places and understood how to get guys to buy in and how to build a process. Like you want to go in as a freshman and, you know, all you get preached at at Erskine or even at Charleston Southern, the incoming freshman, you have to buy into the process. You have to buy into the process. If you're not going to buy into the process, don't even come to practice like you. We have to we have to agree on these things or there's no questions asked. You're not part of the team. Um, and there, there was just none of that. It's, there was, there was no, you know, outside of long conversations with you, there was nothing about Lamb that, or, or the, or the program in general that made me any better. Right. Um, those so.
0: guys and those programs just represent 100% transparency in every part of the game. There was no transparency
1: in, in the program. No, no. I mean, you got coaches talking about players behind their back, and I mean, I can't tell you how many times Lamb came up to me and was, you know, talking trash about other players, and like, you know, you just shake your head and put your head well, down. About We'd, me to you guys? Yeah, yeah, no we were, doubt, no we doubt. So I mean, it field was one day
0: we were working on the field one day, and um, I think it was after practice or something, and we we needed we needed a tool um some sort of tool or, or a piece of equipment that Ren Barbie had Raven's dad and I I, I ran to this house and and I texted him and I got it I ran, ran to the house picked it up and brought it back I was gone maybe 10 minutes apparently I got back one of the players was like yeah Lamb said uh, uh, I told him to go get the go get the whatever I didn't tell him to go make a booty call like what? what why are you talking to the players about that
1: right yeah so i mean the the uh, yeah i mean the sense of professionalism was uh yeah, i mean we can get into a whole lot of personality traits and all that stuff but i think the the biggest factor for me going to you know to dr k is is, is there just wasn't a system to buy into i mean there i i could see even though i was leaving in three months that you know the success was you know un- unless they made a change uh it you know it was it was it was it was going to be tough to get
0: and, and you were you're a type of guy that has a lot of personality traits um like me where you you got to, you've made you you become boys with a lot of guys that were freshmen at the time and you know you're leaving them um and and you want the best for them as they move into their second year
1: yeah no doubt i mean that and i mean i mean even you know i mean i probably wasn't thinking about about them at the time but i mean anybody that was coming in that was freshman that i didn't know about or you know anybody that was going to come in the following year after that um you know it just was uh it, it wasn't a climate to breed success um you know and and we were on the verge of of making a turn and and um you know having a winning season and and it it was it was just frustrating the you know the leadership that uh you know that that well the lack of leadership that we had
0: well derek man um you were obviously a huge part of of my life and uh, as a coach and and personally and um you know i can't thank you enough for coming on here and, and opening up i know a lot of it's not easy to talk about as you can tell that you're still you know, you still hold a grudge a little bit at, uh, for some things and, and frustration, as do I, which actually was, you know, one of the, the driving forces of saying, I uh, looked at my wife and said, I, I'm going to talk to these guys in a public setting. We're going to put it out there because at <clears throat> the Dawn, a college baseball program, small town, um, there's no reason that it wasn't more successful. And there's absolutely no reason that it shut down. And there is absolutely zero reason in hell that a college athletic program is shut down and no one talks about it and everyone's forgotten. Um, because with all the great times we all had, there's also the crazy horror stories, um, that, that need to be told. And, and, um, you know, I, I think as, as a father now and as a husband, um and and both of your sons are you you got a lefty that's going to throw gas and get you paid one day off a nasty change up and and probably a splitter or something um and you got another dude that's going to be a baller um, obviously because you still love the game what would you tell um you know what would be your advice to a young player um, in today's in today's world, with all the technology, with everybody committing as a sixth grader, and um, just everything in, in general, what what would be your advice to to a random young baseball player of any age that comes up to you and says, "Hey, uh, Mr. Moses, um, you know how, how do I make it? What do I need to do to enjoy this game and play for as long as I can?"
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest thing, and I mean, I'm guilty of it. I mean, it's one, you know, it's one regret I have is, I mean, just getting, just getting so caught up in, um, getting too caught up in the process. Um, you know, you, you, you always preach, you know, you got a process, you follow it, discipline, you know, discipline breeds success. And, um, you know, that, that is true to a point, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you've got to you've got to let loose and play natural and and play loose and 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 just do you. Um, you know, you've got to put in the work, but uh, you've got to trust yourself when uh, you know when it's game time and um, you know just play with play with no regrets. Um, so, and and I really don't I don't really have any regrets other than I, I feel like I would have performed better if I would have. Um, not had the bigger picture in mind at all times if 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 that makes sense
0: oh absolutely man and um you know i I think one of the one of the things that i'm becoming a big advocate for is is uh, jeff rye started to do it and and again i uh, for my own opinion um not a she gone follower for the Twitter people that know what that is i'm just me and jeff makes a lot of good points makes some bad points too as he wouldn't vote bonds in but um i would have but um You know he he said a lot lately that we need to stop with young kids using the word grind and and i agree with that because it's not a grind He, he played 15 years in the major leagues and he said it was never a grind because he loved each every single day because he got paid to play baseball he got paid to play a children's game and do what he loved and and we like you say the bigger picture when we look at that and what you mean by that i i i assume is that you you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, the next level or professional baseball or, you know, what's down the road and not being present in the moment. Am I right?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no. And I mean, I'm still guilty of that, uh, you know, even now. So, I mean, it's not, you know, every, every, every guy, uh, you know, does not have the same, you know, personality traits that I have, but I I would say that's one thing that, um, you know, if I could go back and do it all over again, I mean, I would still work just as hard as I worked. um, But just, uh, you know, and I don't. I mean, and just take time to to step back and and be proud of where you are, and uh, content with with what you have. Um, you know, knowing that hard work is going to get you more. So.
0: Absolutely, and, and like I'm saying, like just the, the, the grind kind of puts you in that big picture. I'm just grinding for the, for the next, grinding for the next. Well, let's stay present. I, I do some work with some guys on the mental aspects of baseball uh, through FaceTime all across the nation and stuff. And um, one, of, one of my big things is staying present in the moment. Um, you know, he, he, he was gonna play in a, a fall showcase tournament and he was like, we're playing so-and-so the fourth game. And and I said, hey, here's what you need to do. Let's stop looking ahead to the fourth game because you got one, two, three moments. You have three games before that even matters. You know, let's let's focus on game one, game bat one, inning top of inning first and and you know let's let's start that way and stay present in the moment i know you and i talked about um the craziness of some of these travel ball tournaments and stuff uh after we, after we got off the first podcast on the phone um you said you would tell us that story you were running around and and uh, just what you saw there and um and, you know near your house
1: yeah no so i live uh like right behind a uh a complex they do a lot of travel softball um and uh so during, you know, during the spring and summer, I would say at least three, if not four weekends a year, there's, a, or a month, there's a, uh, there's a tournament, you know, 600 yards behind our house. And there's a little loop that I run. Um, it's exactly two miles from my driveway back to my driveway. And I run through the, the, the. See, you have your own mini loop. I do. There's It's not as many, it's not a long straightaway, all uphill either. the <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, so I was running through there and, um, uh, man, it was, it was probably like 7 a.m. And, um, I mean, the girls were already out there warming up and, you know, they, I see them walking up with their, their bat bags, you know, six bats hanging off the side. And, um, so I'm running and I, I always run like behind the outfield fences. And, um, so I guess the people at the, uh, taking the, the tickets thought I was sneaking in. Um, and they, there's, there's a gate at one end and then I run out the other end. So there's, a there's a, there's, there's actually like four entrances, but there's two little tents set up where they're collecting uh, admittance. And, uh, and so I, uh, I was running through, didn't think anything about it. And, uh, this lady kind of like runs across the parking lot and cuts me off at where I was going to go back out. And, um. She's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just running through. Like I run through here a couple times a week. Uh, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, we thought you were sneaking in. And I'm like, okay, well, no, but um, I mean, even the 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 uh, the, the travel trailers and uh, some of the uh, uh, enclosed trailers with the, the the team name on the side. And um, I mean, you you can't tell me that uh, that's just a a, ba- a softball. Dad, that you know, just wanted to rep his team. I mean, I think if you look deeper into that, it's you know tax write-offs and um, you know it, it's business. Um, and uh, and I've I've heard a lot of stories of even you know guys in my neighborhood who have younger sons that you know talk to me about you know you know showcase ball and and travel ball, and it's just it's just getting to a point where it's uh you know I told one of one of my neighbors, and I mean his son's a good athlete. And I told one of his neighbors like, man, just like just take take baseball off like what's it, will he play football will he play basketball like just you know because it's uh it it's it's getting so much more unnatural I mean I, I went to the cage with him uh, he's probably 11 and um you know I mean he couldn't hardly I mean he's heard so much fundamentals and so much robotics that I mean everything was so unnatural um and he's a good athlete he's a i mean and you get him loosened up and you know just swing however you want to swing and um yeah i think i, I always love watching you know like youtube videos and stuff guys down you know young kids down in the dominican and, and um you know they're just so natural the, the motion's so fluid uh you know whether it's 100 percent uh you know textbook uh I, you know that's that you can change that later um but i i think uh I think there's just so much fundamentals being fed um and and it's such a money racket i mean you know i'm talking like strength and conditioning and speed coaches for like eight year olds
0: yeah
1: um it, it's just like oh my gosh like yeah i got a speed coach when i was 16 and realized i couldn't break a 7 7 um but i mean at, at eight or nine years old like i was wrestling playing hockey uh, you know i you know so i just i think if you know if you want to, if you want to, I mean, even play college baseball, uh, you know, you've, you've got a, yeah, you, there's, I mean, living in this climate, you can play around the year. Um, but if you want your body to, you know, I mean, I think anybody that, you know, played baseball for a long time can attest, I mean, your body gives out a lot quicker than your mind does. Um, you, you still want to do stuff that, you know, probably you weren't, you know, gifted by God to be able to do to begin with, and you busted your butt to to push your body as far as you could um but at the end of the day you know then this is going to contradict a lot of people you know hard work's only going to get you so far um so you know i'm kind of getting off on a tangent outside of travel baseball but um you know just just i mean it's it's it, there's a lot of money in it and uh i know a lot of people that are that are involved in it and um it's uh i would just be very selective about you know the programs that you're choosing and uh you know the the coaches because i mean that can that can that can turn a kid off you know faster than anything
0: when i got into the travel ball uh, world um it was right when i moved into myrtle beach and 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 you're spot on um the the first thing when i was given um uh like a 10 year old team and i think a 14 year old team or something at the time or 13 year old team at the time um it was it was good money if the guy would have paid me what he told me he would but anyway um it was uh the first thing i told them and guys that played for me then and through the years will can still attest to you if we asked them right now what's the one thing coach john always told you to not be and i just i just saw it instantly like you said and my whole thing was guys don't be a robot these guys are becoming robots and everyone has a pipe dream of of you know playing i mean at the end of the day we're so focused on like you said the fundamentals and and lessons and all this stuff um, but there's no knowledge of anything. We had a, I have a sophomore in high school um, that I know of who who told a guy um, that that he may go JUCO. At, well, first off, you got to learn how to hit the ball out of the infield um, as you're as a sophomore. But he may go JUCO um, because he could play there for two years and still have four years of of eligibility. Um, no son, that's not how that works. Um, <laughs> I think we need a little more knowledge. Of the game and everything that goes into it as you go through as you go through high school go through if you're lucky enough to play college baseball and so on and so forth and um before we wrap this up one more thing i want to run by you um and get your take on um apparently it's been a growing trend on the softball front um however um it's it's beginning to get talked about on the baseball front, and it's very disheartening to me. Um, you you go travel, uh, I mean, B, Braden did it this past year, um, this past summer, and and learned everything. He'll never do it again that way because I, I he wanted to do it. And I want him to learn, you know, just see. All right, you're a stud here. Um, let's if you want to go play against a guy from California, you know, I'll, I'll drive you. We'll do it and and see where you're at and that was very eye-opening to him number one even though he was hurt um but it's a growing trend because of all these scouts that are at these perfect game events at east Cobb and down in west palm beach florida and and uh um, all these all these tournaments um that, that honestly mean nothing um, just to be honest to make it clear um, to, to all you coaches out there that have seven perfect game trophies, uh, it, it, it doesn't mean nothing. I want a ton of trophies, um, with the Diamond Wizards. And, uh, and honestly, um, I, I, I put those into a dumpster, um, because I was tired of hauling them around and I'm sure as hell not going to put up a U-Triple-S-A championship on my wall in my house. Actually, I actually threw them away um, because they they mean nothing. It's about the, pre- the being present in that moment the journey and learning as a kid and trying to give the best as a coach to teach them to be young men on and off the field and hopefully win some baseball games and teach them baseball along the way because you, could only, you may have only one guy off of every team that's actually going to go play college baseball. But the growing deal like you said it's been going on in softball the growing thing now in baseball Derek is the fact that guys are saying and believing and, and choosing to do this I'm not going to play high school baseball I'm just going to play in the summer for my showcase or travel organization because scouts don't care about high school baseball and I'll get picked up by somebody in the summer
1: yeah I don't know man that's uh, it's kind of uh it's taboo to, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not really plugged in so much to, you know, the, you know, the college or, or travel ball or, or anything, you know, now. So I don't I don't really know what's going on. So this is the first time I'm hearing about it. But, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I mean, what 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 else are they going to do during during high school baseball season?
0: Uh, they they uh, work out four days a week with a private trainer is what one guy's doing. Um, and he's not playing this year, um, and and he has it. He's a very good athlete, and uh, apparently can play basketball very well also. Um, but one kid I know that's doing this right now um, is is decent. He's got a body on him, very projectable body. But he, I saw him um, some over the last the course of the last couple of years, and he 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 didn't do anything to say, hey, that's a pro guy down the road. And but but my thing is, what happened to to pride of wearing your town's your high school's Logo of, of playing in your hometown in front of your friends you grew up with, in front of your girlfriends, in front of because your girlfriend's not going to drive, or the girls, and they're not going to drive six hours to watch you play in, in Atlanta. You know what happened to the pride aspect of it and playing for something bigger than yourself a great quote I heard from Tim Corbin on the reform sports uh, reform sports project uh, podcast uh, shout out to you Nick uh, Nick Bonacore runs that fantastic guy uh, won a world's uh, world champion or national championship um, at the d3 level with North Carolina Wesleyan back in like 1995 I believe or something like that um, shout out to you a great podcast but Nick uh, Tim Corbin said, um, with all the stuff that's going on these days, kids are not competing anymore. Kids are auditioning, and it's all about them. And there's nothing about the team, and that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I'll never forget trying out for you know for JV in, in seventh grade. And uh, you know, I wrestled growing up, so I knew kind of what what competition was. And I um, mean, I started wrestling when I was four um so i knew what winning and losing was and uh but it's you know it's just a different element being you know being on a on a baseball field than you know on a wrestling mat um but yeah i mean i I would agree with that i think uh you know i think uh if if a kid doesn't play i don't see how if a kid doesn't play high school baseball that's not a huge red flag to uh to any college um uh, you know, there, there's, there's gotta be something medical, something going on. I mean, if, if their excuse, I mean, if they think they're going to benefit more by working out four days a week with a trainer than, you know, be, you know, be part of a high school team. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've done a lot of uh, private training workouts and seen a lot of private, private training workouts and I've never seen scouts at any of them. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know that's, that's, yeah, that's an interesting logic. I, I'm not sure i can wrap my head around
0: the game's changing the technology changing everything's changing and um, guess old grumpy man over here um, is gonna stay old school till I die whether people like it or not um, that's just who I am Derek um, we are going to um, do some podcast um, some uh, you know I'm kind of I kind of have this idea of like a 30 for 30 short you know what I mean um, something similar to a 30 for 30 30 minutes um, and and bring on some guys um, between, um, between guests every now and then. Um, so we'll definitely, um, have you back on with another guy and let you guys, uh, you know, um, shoot the shit for a little while and and talk about the old days together. I think that'd be cool for guys to hear and, um, and, and I cannot appreciate you enough, um, for coming on. You're the first guest we've had on here. Um, and Dylan Finks will be the next one uh, right-handed pitcher and became a uh, position player for a short stint um, during another uh, one of Lamb's wacky wild um, experiments and uh, you know um, I, I with everything that happened, I, I definitely enjoyed my time with you um, in Albemarle, and my time with you uh, that night
1: in Winston Salem, obviously. Oh yeah, no doubt, no, and I wouldn't, uh, no, I wouldn't trade those years for anything. We had, uh, you know, we had a blast, and you know, unfortunately, just, uh, you know, just didn't have, uh, you know, didn't have the, the head coach to make everything uh, synchronized. But, uh, but no, I, I had a blast. And all, all of our times together have been a pleasure, and uh, so no, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Man, it's been too long. Um, we got to get
0: together, have a dinner, drink some beer or something. Uh, I, I haven't even met your kids. Obviously, I know uh, Meredith. And um, and I've reached out online. We'll make this public. Uh, she doesn't have to. But I've reached out online. Um, tell Meredith to tell her sister to, to shoot me a text, shoot me an email. I need her on as a guest on here at some point. She played an integral integral role um, in the athletic program. Um, and And she was there, too. Um, on the final days, um, as, as the Eagles broke their last huddle ever.
1: Yeah. See, I've, that's all news to me. I hadn't even talked to her about that, but I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely pass the pass the message along and uh, have her reach out to you. Is she still there? No. No, she's not.
0: Okay, she can come on now then. I you know, I was worried if she was still there, I wasn't gonna push the issue, but um, you know, so that's good, man. Um, please tell your parents, um, old Helsabeck sends much love. Um, hope they are doing well. And um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day God puts um puts stuff puts puts people together um to in in, in their in across to cross paths and and um you know, you learn from and, and you, you become, become boys, you become friends, you become family. And, um, you know, even through all the mess for the five, six years at Stanley, um, I absolutely loved, um, even Jacob Wright. <laughs> I, I loved uh, coaching you guys. And, yeah, uh, no,
1: I think, I think one thing I'll say too is, uh, and this is just, this can just be like a takeaway. Um, you learn more from a bad, you know, coach or a bad manager than you do from a good one um so you know you can interpret that anyway but you know I've, I've i mean even getting into you know my professional life and you know having different bosses and um i've definitely learned uh how to model myself um in ways more so from bad managers and bad leaders and bad coaches than i have from the good ones so you know that's just a, that's a little positive uh, enlightenment for the night
0: absolutely man i appreciate it um you know tell tell everybody down there um go listen to forgotten eagles um i've tagged tagged tag dutch forking in it a couple of times and austin alexander's heard some snippets i've sent him um he said send you nothing but love and uh you were a great player and uh always a fantastic person um wish you nothing but the best and um looking forward to uh to bringing you on again soon uh, with a couple other players
1: awesome sounds good i appreciate it brother All right, much love, man.
0: Um, I'll talk to you soon. And, you know, I guess at the end of the day, you just got to go out. And as Lam would always say, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, that's true. It is what it is. I say that all the time. So shame (laughs) shame on you. (laughs)
0: Look look like Tarzan. He looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Appreciate it,
0: Derek. You the man. Much love. We'll see you, buddy.
1: All right, brother. See you, man. Bye.
0: Wizard out. Thank you.